Before we get into today's episode, just want to tell you about the Joint Public Issues Team Conference we've got coming up on the 11th of June. It's called From the Ground Up, where we're going to be exploring the importance of the local, talking to different campaigners and causes and learning and growing together. It's incredibly cheap. It's such a steal. If you attend online, it's only £5 for the whole day. And if you come to London to come on site, it's only £12. And it's free for under 25s and those on low income. Enjoy this week's episode. Hi and welcome to 10 Minutes On, a podcast by the Joint Public Issues team. I'm Dave Hardman and I'm joined by Steve Hucklesby. Hi there, Dave. We're going to have a chat today about the IPCC report that's been published. Um, And just first of all, Steve, what is an IPCC report? Who's behind it and why should we take notice of it? Sure. So this is the International Panel on Climate Change. And you will have heard about the body of scientists that come together from all over the world to assess where we are on climate climate change. This is their sixth report. They produce one around about every five years, and it comes in three parts. Um, The first part is a a report on our physical understanding of the climate system and bringing the latest science to bear. The third part, which has just been published um, in the last couple of days, is really quite interesting because this is where it gets practical. Um, They assess the actions that are being taken to mitigate climate change to date and the actions that need to be taken. So um, this report gives us a little bit of an assessment as to where we stand at the moment. So just before we get on to some of the, to those things that are in the report, I mean, what would you say to those people who say to you, look, climate change is all very well, but we've got much more immediate things happening, issues in our world that we need to deal with. Obviously, there, there is, uh, there's war, there's the cost of living increase. So surely those things need to be dealt with. There's, there's no difficulty with um, dealing with all of these things to, together. People think that the climate crisis is um, a, a long way off. But what this report is saying is that if we don't make significant changes in the next three to five years, then we will have lost the chance to remain within 1.5 degrees. So that makes climate change pretty urgent issue alongside all of the other urgent issues that unfortunately we're having to deal with at the same time. We're hearing a lot with regards to to Russia and to uh, oil and gas and to the prices of oil and gas that were were going up even before the conflict um, in Ukraine. Can we still deal with climate change, even though we're, we're having to perhaps change where we source our energy from? Certainly we can. So we've been sourcing for some time oil and gas Uh, from Russia across Europe to different degrees in different countries. So in Germany, for example, they're quite dependent. 65% of their gas imports come from Russia. In the UK, it's much less. It's something around 9%, I think. Now that we've needed to impose sanctions on oil and gas from from Russia, let's remember, you know, the money that goes into purchasing that oil and gas is a huge contribution to the Russian government funds um, to the Russian economy uh, and has enabled President Putin over the last few years to develop quite a significant war chest of foreign currency reserves. So if we're looking to try and avoid future conflict um, with Russia, we need to give the right uh, incentives for the Russian government um, to change its uh, um, approach to 
neighbouring countries um, that doesn't involve sending in an, an army. Um, so dealing with our dependence on their oil and gas uh, supplies is really, I think, quite crucial at this time. Of course, if you're looking for to avoid dependence on oil and gas, there's a complementarity, isn't there, um, there with what we need to do on climate. So you, you hinted earlier that, um, well, you said rather than hinted that this report was a practical report. The, the third report of the IPCC is a practical report. And what, what's the report saying that we need to do in terms of having any chance of keeping the rise in temperatures below 1.5 degrees C? Um, it says that we need to, um, emissions need to peak by 2025. Global emissions at the moment are still going up. The good news is that they are going up a little more slowly, but they need to peak by 2025. But the really worrying aspect to me is that they need to fall quite dramatically after that. So we need emissions to reduce by 46% by 2030. That is a huge radical change uh, for us all. The good news is that emissions are starting to turn around through the um, changes to policy that governments are making. And the scientists putting together uh, this report on mitigation um, and adaptation have noticed in terms of the science uh, and the uh, emissions over the last few years that that change has started. Last November, we had we had COP26, and there were certain promises that were made by governments and states, uh, are they feeding into what well, I think you said there's some good news in terms that there's, there seems to be a flattening off, but, but are, are those promises going to mean that maybe there will be this sharp reduction? Uh, let, let, let's focus on the actions that have been taken rather than the promises that have been made, because one of the difficulties is that um, the actions lag behind the promises. So looking at the actions that have been made, we're beginning to see this uh, drop off. In terms of the promises made, that's a bit of a glass half full, I think. The promises made to 2030 are not sufficient for that dramatic drop that is required. So what is required? What is it that we need to do? The IPCC are saying that we need to make the changes across all sectors. So you need to look, be looking at housing and transport, not only the power sector and burning um, uh, oil and gas, and that we need to be making these switches much more quickly. They also have statements that they make around investment and that investment in new technologies that are climate friendly need to be stepped up. Their observation on this is that this requires strong signalling from government and stronger signalling from government as to where the investment opportunities will rely in the future. Stronger signalling than we have had to date. Um, it's my understanding that the UK government is going to announce its energy strategy, I think, this week. And it seems to be saying that there's going to be more reliance on nuclear power. Um, and perhaps also exploring a bit more about North Sea oil and gas. Is that a, a strategy that fits in with what we need to do according to the IPCC? The nuclear question is an interesting one, isn't it? I think that we do need every measure that we can uh, get to try and reduce uh, emissions. We need that sort of solid um, base load power. But is nuclear the best way to provide that? One of the difficulties with nuclear is it's incredibly ex expensive. Secondly, it's actually not that fossil free because there's a lot of fossil fuels involved in the production of the fuel in the first place. So I think nuclear is a debate that one could still have. In terms of investment in more North Sea oil and gas, 
gas. Well, the government's language on this uh, has turned around quite significantly since COP26 in November because of the increased gas prices and reduction of supply from uh, Russia. So it looks as if the government is going to propose within the energy strategy later this week, new drilling in the North Sea, new licenses to get more oil and gas out of the existing wells. What this IPCC report says is that would be a big mistake. It's not going to significantly change wholesale oil and gas prices because those are determined on the world market. What it will do, it will compromise the UK in providing a lead on climate change. How could we then say to any other country, you need to reduce your fossil fuel supply? Um, just finally, then bring it right back to individuals. I mean, we also hear in the news, don't we, a lot around fuel poverty. And uh, we mentioned at the beginning of this little chat about increasing the cost of living. Is mitigation against climate change going to make fuel poverty worse or, or is uh, anything that we can do or that individuals can do in regards to fuel poverty? Mitigation against Climate change will not significantly or directly increase fuel poverty. One of the things that the report has said is about they've drawn attention to the dramatic reduction in costs of alternative uh, fuel sources, such as onshore and offshore wind and solar power. Um, so we need to invest in these technologies much more significantly than we have done to date to bring that radical drop uh, that is needed. In terms of the increased cost of fuel prices at the moment, that is dramatic. And we do need to be concerned about fuel poverty, about the fact that you've got households in the UK where mothers and fathers are having to make a decision as to whether they can eat uh, at the end of the week or whether they can warm their house. I think what we need on fuel poverty is measures that are well uh, targeted towards the bottom 10, 20% of income earners in the UK. And there are measures out there already. So we need to make sure in our communities that people are accessing those measures, that they're getting um, access to the winter support allowance or any fuel vouchers to which they're entitled, that those protections are maintained. Rishi Sunak has been criticised in the recent spring statement for not doing more to help people um, at a time when inflation has gone through the roof, uh, and that particularly impacts those at the lower end of the income spectrum. There are things that can be done. Uh, we need to do those things for people in our communities, but essentially we need to invest also in a transformation of our power generation system and measures to mitigate climate change. Steve Hogglesby, thanks so much for giving us a little insight into the IPCC's latest report. 